Success in the New Retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. What can the bad boy of boxing and a guy who pulled off boxing's biggest upset teach us about retirement? That's what we're covering today here on Success in the New Retirement here with Damon and Matt. I'm Jennifer Perry. And this week, guys, we're going to hear from two of the biggest names in boxing as we help our listeners maybe prepare for their own knockout retirement but we have to set this up for people because this was a unique opportunity and when you have a guy like mike tyson say guys i want you to come to me to interview me you just pack up and go right well yeah so we were we were all set up to do an interview with him and then we got word that he wanted to do it in his suite okay at a hotel so we like <laughs> okay well um i guess we're not going to say no to that but <laughs> How do we get arranged? So we went and took all of our equipment, everything up there, set everything up, and and then we waited and yeah. waited and and <laughs> until he could make his appearance. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, he came in and and he was actually really nice and cordial, um, was, yeah. and sat for quite a while and did an interview. But uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit. Uh, you got your nerves going a little bit when you when they make a request yeah. like that. I was nervous for you because I was kind of picturing maybe this scene from The Hangover when you entered his hotel room. (laughs) So he didn't sing for you and there were no tigers kidnapped, right? No. Are you sure about that, Damon? You don't sound so sure. <laughs> I would not mess with Mike Tyson's his, tiger, though. <laughs> yeah. He had his publicist with him, and uh, okay. she seems to keep him on a tight leash. Oh, so. thank goodness. But uh, Damon, you were actually the one to sit down with him. I mean, with the tattoo, the muscles. I mean, he's still in fighting shape after all these years. Was it a little intimidating? You know, a little bit, and but he wasn't as big, you know, as, as I maybe imagined him uh-huh. to be. Um, so you're saying you could take and, him? No, but that's what was impressive is, is you know, we sat down with him and, and we also got to see, you know, Buster Douglas later. And you just look at the difference in him and Evander Holyfield and some of these people and you're like, man, this guy must have been ferocious because he's right. really not that big. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- that is intimidating because you just know behind that there's this kind of ferociousness about him that is is kind of crazy and then then you hear him talk and you, and i think that's what deceives people yes <laughs> you hear him talk and you're like okay no big deal but you know somehow he'd come out and just clobber people so yeah he certainly made a career out of doing just that so let's listen in on this conversation between damon and mike tyson i'm damon roberts i'm here today with uh iron mike tyson and i Thank appreciate you, you being Thank on you our show me. Thank you. You have the uh, the nickname of Iron Mike, but I, I I read recently that you you were able to speak to the Alabama football team, maybe about a little bit different side of Mike Tyson. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about that. No, um, that's interesting. I was um, my business partner Rob Hickman was discussing that um, they needed me to come to um, Alabama to talk to the football team, which I said, "What? There is nothing. And how was I going to do that? I didn't know what to say to the kids." <laughs> Um, it's funny that people would think that I would know how to inspire somebody, how to get somebody motivated, and I didn't actually know what to say. Um, so I just went there and just, um, told them about me. Yeah. Yeah. Told them about how you learned to love people, love yourself. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, my whole, my whole, um, my whole thesis of my life was conquering people and fear and baddest man on the planet and everything. And I was miserable. I was destroying my soul. I, it was just a miserable existence. Yeah. To really um, be um, commanded and controlled by your ego. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really miserable existence. In my line of work, uh, we help people uh, with their finances. And a lot of times we get asked about um, pot stocks and those types of things. And I know that you recently invested in a, in a ranch and wanted yeah. to know what your thoughts about that were. Yeah, um, I'm th- I think it's always um, good and interesting to be um, aware you know, aware of stock markets, aware of um, finances and how to take care of finances. You know, I, I'm a great believer that um, taking care of wealth is an art. No one's born knowing how to do it. You have to learn how to do it. That's right. Yeah. And have you been able to find some good advisors or people that have helped you uh, know the ropes of finance? I did pretty, I'm doing pretty good now. You know, I'm just very grateful and I don't, I don't give to the consideration that I'm smarter, I'm brighter, I'm better positioned than anybody. I'm just um, very grateful to have people that was interested in my well-being. And um, that's something else that I learned, too, that I don't need to put my guard up in life. Yeah. Keep my guard down, and someone will help me. Okay. No one's going to help you with your guard up. Yeah. God is not going to help you with your guard up. You have to let it down. And then when everything goes well and you make this great... Wealth of money, then you have to let go. Okay. I don't understand why do we do that anyway? Why do we work so hard to to make this and then we let go and we give it away? Yeah. Now you've had a, a great career as a boxer and as a kid. I remember playing um, the different video games and things, and and uh, you've been a real inspiration to a lot of people. And the way that you fought back uh, from the ups and downs of your career is really admirable. Thank you. Thank you. It's um. That's what I was basically trying to explain to the um, the young football players, to never give up, you know. Yeah. Everybody's useful. No one's useless and no good. Everybody's useful. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to visit with no, me. It was and really my pleasure. Wish you luck. Thank you. All right. Interesting stories there from Mike Tyson, guys. I mean, here's a guy who went through a very destructive period in his life. He acknowledged that and he's kind of clawed his way back up. You might question some of his investment choices, but uh, guys, he does certainly seem to be on the rebound these days. Well, and he seems to have a pretty good perspective. He, mm-hmm. you know, he, he realizes that, you know, he said, I'm not the smartest person. I don't believe I'm the smartest person. And he's learned to trust people. So I think if you look at his history, he's been burned in the past by different people that have been in his life. And he was in a destructive path, but he's learned to get past that and be more trusting of those people that have his best interests in mind. And I think that's key is you need to have people around you that have your best interests in mind. And actually, guys, he kind of turned the tables on you after the interview, asking you about your relationship with your clients. How did that happen? Tell me about that. How do you make sure to have a successful retirement? It's, I thought that was interesting. He took an interest in how you actually build a relationship with the people you work with. Yeah, you know that was a, a great question because you know I think that, that's a question that everybody has. They want to know how how are you different? How do you take care of things? And and Matt and I have always prided ourselves as being educators and working in a partnership with our clients and and helping them understand. From the get-go, when they come in, you know, we take a really deep dive into how they're invested and what they're doing and how their, their overall estate plan and financial and retirement plan is set up and point out the good things that they're doing as well as the things that, that need some improvement and where they can be more efficient so that they can then make good decisions uh, going forward about where they want to go. And then together we all uh, make a good plan and then we tweak it as time goes on because life happens and and you have to adjust, but you build a a really good foundation from the get-go 
that, that they can build upon. You know, what was interesting is I was watching Damon do that interview. For the most part, Mike Tyson was kind of sitting back into a couch, just kind of relaxed, talking. But he, he started to sit forward when he was starting to ask Damon questions about, well, how do you help your clients? He uh-huh. was really interested. He was trying to understand, you know, how he could find someone that can be a good advisor and how he recognizes when someone has the best interests of their clients in mind. And it was really interesting because he really got engaged. In fact, we had a certain amount of time to do the interview uh-huh. and we had started to go over that and we were really cautious because, you know, this was kind of structured as, Hey, you have exactly this much time. And it's Mike and Tyson. So we, you don't want him yeah. punching you out. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and so, you know, we started to try to wrap it up. And the publicist said, no, you know, Mike wants to understand a little bit more about this. And, and so, you know, there was a, you know, was some dialogue and some more questions that followed after that, that kept going for a lot longer than we thought we would have time with him because he was really engaged in trying to understand how he can get some trusted advisors in his life and how he recognizes that and, and how they would be able to take care of him and guide him and what he needs to be doing and you know, with his finances at this time in his life. Well, and in that post-interview discussion, guys, too, Mike had a warning of sorts for the guys who might not have his best interests in mind as an advisor. But he really should worry about Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson might kill him. (laughs) (laughs) At that that point, a big smile. (laughs) (laughs) I would have exited the room quickly after that. But uh, no, I think he does bring up a good issue here, though, for a lot of baby boomers today. Maybe they have been burned by an advisor in the past. You guys see a lot of people who come into you for a second opinion or something like that. But as Mike said, sometimes it's hard to let your guard down. So how do you approach conversations like that, guys, when people have been burned by a particular investment or maybe just weren't the right fit for their previous advisor? Well, I was meeting with a client just yesterday, and we were going through the analysis on their statements. They had come in, we'd sat down, got to know them a little bit. They gave us the statements to do an analysis and we came back. And so we were doing that review to show them, you know, let's pull back the curtain. Let's find out what's going on with your accounts. What was kind of devastating to kind of tell them is we were going through and showing how much risk they were taking. This was a couple that was fully retired. They were in their late 60s and they had 86% of their portfolio invested in stocks. Wow. They had a variable annuity that that was charging more than 4% in fees. And so as we were going through that, the wife just stood back and was like, you know, how can this happen? I, you know, I was referred to this person, but obviously this is not what we wanted to have happen. What, what, right. you know, what could I have done? And so it gave us a chance to talk a little bit about being a fiduciary. So the majority of the investment advice in this country is given by broker dealers. So when you are looking at your statement, if you look at the top, you'll see whether it's labeled as a broker dealer or you can look it up if you're okay. at Wells Fargo Advisor or you're with Edward Jones. Those are broker dealers. A broker dealer does not have a fiduciary responsibility to you. That means they do not have to put your interests above their own. They can suggest, you know, strategies and investments that have high commissions. And as long as it fits your risk profile that you've filled out, they are legally justified to do that. But on the other side, if you are a fiduciary, which is what Damon and I are, there is a standard where we must keep our clients' interests above our own. And there's a difference in that because now when we are looking at strategies, it would be very tough for us to justify with the state or with the SEC 
you know, suggesting an investment that has fees of 4% mm -hmm. because there's lots of alternatives that are far less in fees that accomplish right. the same thing. And so that's what our job is to do is to find those strategies and those investments that will lower the fees, give you better returns and are in the client's best interest. And so that's the number one thing you should be focused on is, is my advisor a fiduciary? Then from there, you need to then evaluate the performance, the risk levels, and see if it can be improved. Because just because they're a fiduciary doesn't mean they're good at their job. Right. And so that's where we have to take the time and spend the time to figure out what's going on with my plan. Am I getting the best bang for my buck? Am I getting value for what this advisor is providing for me? Or can I do better? And that can be a simple process. It can be a hard process. We try to make it simple for people to come in and sit with us. But if you're trying to do it on your own, you know, the Internet has tons of information. You right. can go and find all of that stuff if you're willing to put the time in. Good point there, Matt. So let your guard down. Let people help you with your financial life, but also educate yourself and know the questions to ask that prospective advisor. Ask, are you a fiduciary? Ask about their experience, too. Always helpful to know that information and work with someone that actually has your best interest in mind. Some great lessons there from Tyson this week, guys. But uh, as part of our knockout series here today on success in the new retirement, too, we had a chance to catch up with the guy who pulled off perhaps one of the biggest upsets in boxing history, the guy who knocked out Tyson. What was it like, Matt, sitting down with Buster Douglas? Well, if you ever imagine what a heavyweight fighter would look like, Buster Douglas is your guy. Yeah, he's you imposing. Know, he's, he, he's older now, and, and he's not as in shape, mm -hmm. but he is a big human being. He's, you know, he's standing, he's sitting, you're like, wow, I would not want to be in the ring with this guy. <laughs> but he's also very low-key, very soft-spoken, yeah. very humble. And and so, yeah, it was a really fun time to sit with him. But if you wanted to see a heavyweight fighter, Buster Douglas is your guy. He's it. But he shared a lot of his life lessons with us. Let's listen in on that conversation. So thanks for joining us on the show today. Appreciate sure. your time. So I know that your dad was a professional boxer, um, but you also mentioned your mom, and you've talked about her in the past. So who had the greatest influence on you um, from your parents in, in how you were raised and in the career you took? They both did equally, you know, because, uh, you know, it's a balance. My father was the primary goal of being the best in the boxing. My mother was the one that wanted to be the best because of her. You know, I wanted to be a good son, you know, someone she could be proud of. So it was an equal. Did she ever worry about you being a boxer? All the time. Was that something she, like, was trying to steer you away from? No, or? she never did that. She knew I could do it, but she just really wanted to make sure I was focused and, and I was going to give it my best. You know, I was really prepared for what was ahead in any fight, you know. Uh, most of the time, she wouldn't come to the fights. You know, she would just... She would come sometimes, but once it started getting bigger and moving up in the rankings, she was like less likely to come to a fight because she just wanted to see me get hit. Really? You know. So the bigger then, fights was she there when you fought Tyson or anything? No, or she, she passed. She's... She passed two weeks before. Oh, that. that's right. But she was there a few fights leading up to that. You know, like the ESPN shows. She was even interviewed after one of my fights. Oh, okay. You know, and uh, that was pretty cool. Awesome. So as you were growing up and starting to get into boxing, you know, your dad's there coaching you. What was the biggest thing that led to your success? What did you find that you had to do that you had to overcome or some of the... Well, having the will and determination and skill. 
you know, the determination I grew into that as far as believing in myself and knowing I could definitely compete at this level or any level. And then, you know, having the ability to do whatever it took to accomplish that goal. Yeah, because boxing, it's a solo sport. So you're yeah, spending a lot no, of time no on time your own. Outs, no right? substitutions. Right, it's just you. Yeah. And that's so, really what kind of drew me back to the sport because I was kind of like, you know, boxing was cool, but I really was into playing basketball, football, but mainly I really got into basketball because in the high school we were state champions and pretty proud, pretty strong. And you were doing boxing at the same time? No, I wasn't. I was just playing basketball. Oh, okay. I went to school, you know, I had a basketball scholarship in a small school, but nonetheless it was a scholarship and... I was really into it, but what drove me back to boxing was depending on others, and they wouldn't be like you got 10, 12 players on the team, and you're going to need seven, eight of them to win the game. Yeah. Three of them have something on their minds, or, you know. Right. And you would be depending on them, and it's like they would never come through, or they would sometimes. You never knew. Yeah, they weren't as committed as maybe right. you were or the other guys. Right. So that's kind of like drawing me back to boxing because. It was basically up to me or the individual. It was an individual sport. You got a trainer, cut man, and a, you know manager and all that. But right, it's just you and the it's ring, you. Right? Once yep. it all comes down to it, they help you get to that certain point. But you have to finish it and finish the job. You know, keep everything in focus and do what it takes to win. Yeah. But there's a main support, which is great. But you know, as far as the action, you know, it's like yeah, we're gonna yeah. kick his. <laughs> Break. Go get him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. So you're so you're big fight with Tyson. I just saw the documentary. You know, you're 42 to one odds. So really, they, that was something they made after the fight. The it, wasn't even, it wasn't even odds on the fight. Right. I think there was one casino that would even take a little bit right. of money right on it, but no right. one else would because Nobody they thought Tyson was watch. for sure. Right. By that time, he was proven. Yeah. No doubt that he was legitimate world champion and. The baddest man on the planet, you know. So, so had you heard that noise? Did that get into your well, head? Well, but any see, point? the thing about it, man, the whole time I was right there. I fought under five Thunder cars when he when he defended his title. I co-featured about three of them. You know, fought the fight before he fought. Right. You know, and uh, was right there. So I've seen his development. I knew what he was capable of doing. You know, but it was so he was so large, so big that you know you would have thought that I was just walking down the street. And the promoter came up and said, hey, man, would you like to fight for the title of the night? You know? <laughs> right. But I was always there, and I knew it was my opportunity. It was going to come eventually. All I had to do was keep winning. Yeah. And I would get my shot. And then take advantage of it, right? And take advantage of it. Yeah. That was awesome. So tell me a little bit about you, you went through your career. You finally get the big payday. You hear of so many athletes that make big mistakes when they get that big check. What did you do? How did you surround yourselves with people so you would be successful and avoid some of the pitfalls that people run into in that situation? Well, it was just maintaining the focus, basically, because you can get carried away. Not that I didn't, but I had my moment, you know. But eventually you would just, you know, snap back into reality. you got to be careful. And think so do you have people that would kept you grounded in that? Or was there oh, most definitely. That the most definitely. You know, that would remind me, you know, there's always tomorrow. You know, you got to be, think about long distance, you know, long term. So those things in mind, you know, kind of yeah. keep you in line. So what are you doing now to keep yourself busy? You're out of the ring. What, what's retirement look like for you? 
Well, I'm still in the ring now. I'm a boxing coach. I'm uh, okay. working with the city of Columbus. You know, the same program I came up under. Had an opportunity a few years back to uh, grab a boxing team, work with the city of Columbus and Parks and Rec, and uh, on the north end, of, well, yeah, north northwest, or right, right right on campus, just outside of Ohio State campus. So young kids, kids yeah, that are I got from high school or eight, junior eight high, to ten on eight up. to ten up, young adults. And you're and what are you trying to teach them? You're, I mean, obviously you're trying to teach them teach them boxing skills, but. <sighs> What other life lessons are you trying to pass well, on? Well, through them? that, you know, you look overall just life lessons, you know, will and determination, not giving up, believing in yourself, and, you know, being kind in a sense to your fellow man, you know, just respect. Yes. And you get respect in return. You know, and it seems to be working out really well because I'm having a time in my life. I really enjoy going there, hanging out with the kids and a lot of times it's just to come in and just work out. They all don't have to compete. You know, it's not like a thing. If you do this, you're going to be competing in the next tournament or next event. But it's just the fact that, you know, off of that, you can also become a better you in the long run. Right. You know, you can do it, go back to school or go to school or, you know, to be an overall better individual. Absolutely. You know, and the thing that really took me a while to get used to was the girls coming in. Because girls came in when I was coming up, but they came in to watch. Now they're coming in. They got boxing shoes on, boxing gloves. And, really? Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. And they really work at it, too. I mean, you know, you tell them to do something. Focus is just, you know, just crazy. Compared to the young guys at that age, the guys are all over the place. They'll go run out to the gym and go play basketball and then come in and say, Hey, coach, I want to spar. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. You got to work out. Warm up first, you know. So the girls were more focused. Oh, the yeah, they're more focused, man. Awesome. Yeah, it is. It took me a while to get used to them getting hit, you know, hitting each other. But now it's kind of like in the norm. Yeah. Know? Well, thank you for your time. We appreciate you coming Pleasure, on the show. Man. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Great interview. The legendary Buster Douglas there. What a great interview, guys. And I love how he lit up toward the end when he's talking about the new passion that he's found. He didn't get as excited about knocking out Tyson as he did about his new role and teaching these kids some great life skills. Yeah, he said it was the time of his life. Yeah. So I'm sure that that part of that's just because that's the fresh thing. That's the thing he's passionate about right now. I'm sure Mm -hmm. back in the day he was super excited about the win over Tyson, but you can see that he's gone through different stages of his life and all of them bring reward and enjoyment. And because he's planned out his retirement, he's now doing some other things that he really is able to give back to that community, the same community that he grew up in. And he gets a lot of value and a lot of, you know, he's making a difference in a lot of those kids' lives. Yeah. Absolutely. And he made a good point there, too, in that, you know, when it comes to whether it's boxing or life, you can have a coach and it's great to have a coach, but you also have to finish the job yourself. I thought that was a key point that uh, Mr. Douglas made as well. Yeah, it was a good point. As I was listening to this and, and imagining back when we when we sat there, obviously I didn't interview him, but I was watching and I remember him talking about what it took. And I met with a client yesterday, and he's 19 months. He's like, I got 19 months before. He's a pilot. 
And uh, and at 65, they make you retire whether yeah, you, you want to or not. Yeah, you don't have a choice, yeah. Uh, at least from commercial airlines mm-hmm. anyway. And he's like, Damon, this is coming fast. I got I got 19 months. And he said, I thought the hard part was getting me there, right? Mm-hmm. Cause, and, and he's had the, like, like Buster Douglas says, he had the will, the determination, and the skill to get himself in a good position. He's in a good position. But he said, what's scary is, and what I didn't realize is how hard it is to figure out how to then turn all this into income and to last for a long period of time. And, and the, so the skill part of that he's had, but then transitioning is he's like at a loss. He's like, this is what I, what I need you for. Huh. And, and so we had, we, he had come in to, to talk about where we're at with his plan and tweak some things. And he had some questions about some Roth conversions and how much he should be putting here versus there. And in these last 19 months and, and that's like a lot of people that come in. They've done well. They have. They've been great at their, their jobs. They have the will, the determination, and the skill. But then as they transition into this period of life where they want to do the things like Buster Douglas is talking about, they want to transition. They want to give back, and they're passionate about that. But they, it's hard to be passionate about it until they have a good plan that they feel comfortable is going to provide them the, the necessities of life so that they can then go out and do things I've always dreamed to do in retirement. Yeah. And sometimes you need that coach to help you along the way. So what's on your bucket list in retirement? What are those new passions that you want to try? And are you seeking out a coach? You can always find more information about how to do that online with us at successinthenewretirement.com or find us on Facebook. We're actually going to post the videos of these interviews with Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas on our Facebook page this week so you can actually see them for yourself, see how intimidating this was for the guys in person. Again, just follow us there. Do a search for a Wealth Advisors. And our knockout series continues here on the podcast. Next up, Evander Holyfield and Sugar Ray Leonard, some of the good guys of boxing. What lessons can we take away from them? That's next time here on Success in the New Retirement. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.